Good morning. Nope, I did it again. It's because I want it to be morning. It is not morning. It is late afternoon, 12.20 p.m. But February 24th indeed, and we are on Matthew 24 indeed. I've been trying to vacation this week. Um, just intended to go out of town on vacation and stuff kept going on and I didn't and couldn't. And so the way I've been able to capture vacation is by owning my mornings. And so I'm not getting to this until later. But as we start with Matthew 24, you should know that from here on out, the book gets very serious. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's toward the end of Christ's life. And you know how it is when you're about to take a trip and you've got all these last minute details that you, um, you need everybody to know before you leave. Like, don't forget the plants. Don't forget to, to take the dog here. Don't forget to do this. All those last minute details. Um, things just get really serious right before a long trip. And that's sort of how I see and feel about where we're heading into for the rest of this book for the rest of this month. It just starts getting super serious. So honestly, I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. I was contemplating starting here and yeah, I'll just start at the beginning. So Matthew 24 starts with, uh, this just is very, interesting to me. Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples <laughs> came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome in every way. No matter what angle you look at it, it's just the, in one way, it's so cute. It's like a toddler showing off his painting to his mom or or his classroom like you know it's a kid is bringing his mom to his classroom it's just so cute you know that that this kid would think that the adult that he's showing this stuff to has never seen this before or just I don't know why this just caught me his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. <laughs> oh, and I wrote over here in my notes, us and our awe of big, stable things. Those disciples, I don't know, even another angle that I thought of it from was, you know, um, this past uh, November, we, my family went to Europe and we, went and toured a lot of ancient buildings. You know, we went to um, the Vatican. We went to Rome. Um, 
you know, these are this specifically Rome um, was a very stable economy and was the superpower when Christ was alive and this is going on. So, you know, and, and we would be there looking at, you know, a, a arch or a painting or, you know, whatever it is. And we would kind of do this with each other. Hey, come here, come look at this. You know, uh, one, one family member would call another family member over to see something at the museum or on the tour or whatever. Would you look at this? So, you know, but you know, the disciples are talking to Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in the flesh. He is the Christ. Um, before Abraham was, I am. So in a way, I mean, we know that Christ, um, accessed ancient knowledge, but he didn't live in it. He, he allowed himself to be fully human, even though he was also fully God. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a part of him that, you know, he knows every detail of that temple. <laughs> he, as, as God, he, he saw it being built he he literally told them how to build it inch by inch and he dictated the fabrics in it and <laughs> so in that sense it's really it's cute it's just interesting the disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple uh jesus said unto them see ye not all these things like, look at all this stuff. Can you see everything? Do you see all of these things? See every room? Do you see every column? Do you see every stone? Do you see all of these things? Truly, verily, I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. I did not mean for this to catch me emotionally, but it did because I have been there. I have seen the one tiny fragment of wall that's left from this time. Because really soon after this, they burned it down. They burned the temple down. And so the we call it the wailing wall because it sounds to us like they're wailing at it when they pray. Uh, if you see videos of the, the Western wall, you know, they stand at it and they rock back and forth and they, they roll up little prayers and stick it in the, in the stones. We are so impressed with our big, stable things, but it is so insignificant. Ultimately, it is so insignificant. And Jesus knew, of course, you know, we come out of last yesterday's chapter with him prophesying, Jesus prophesying. And then we come into this, you know, we're, they were so impressed with the big old temple. And he's like, it's all going to be gone. And 
Um, and then they, they left this section and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately. So, you know, it was hard for them to find private time because those multitudes kept following him, but they found a, a place where they could come to him privately. And they said, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? It's starting to get serious now. They're feeling it. Christ is feeling it and I'm feeling it. I promise I did this entire study today and I did not feel emotional at all. <laughs> but, you know, it is, it is a deep, deep thing. It is a deep thing. So um, I want to come back to talk about this stuff right here. But so they asked him, you know, they're private now and they ask him, when and what is the sign? When shall it happen? When is it going to happen? And what's the sign? Because they believed him. They believed these prophecies. They believed him. And so when is it going to be? And what is the sign? The sign, they asked the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. What are these things? And so, so he starts telling it to them and, um, you know, here, I'm going to kind of talk about the the doomsday kind of things. Many shall come in my name. You'll hear wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation. So this is, and kingdom against kingdom. So this has been happening, you know, all along. This is not a surprise that, that this is going to be happening. But... When he spe specifies nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, this is not a redundancy. This is race against race. And a kingdom would be a government against a government. And of course, we see that to this day. A race rises against a race, a nationality against another nationality, and a kingdom or a government against another kingdom. Famines, pestilences, earthquakes. This has been going on all along. These are the beginning of sorrows. So all this stuff is going to be happening. They shall deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now this is, this is a different nation and nation against nation. This is just kind of race wars here, race against race. But this is saying, regardless of your race, you'll be hated of all nations. This doesn't have to do with um, race against race right here. In verse nine, this is all the nations, all the races <laughs> are going to hate you because you're under one umbrella. You've chosen to be of the nation of the kingdom of God. You've chosen to be of the family of God. So this is no matter what color skin you have or what your language is, you are of the family of God. So that is your nation now. And all the nations will hate you for my name's sake. And 
when this starts going on, once you start feeling this pressure, this is so, so important for us. Once you, once we start feeling this pressure of being afflicted, of being killed, of being hated, then shall many be offended. We're, then it's going to be possible for us to be offended. It's going to be possible for us to start betraying one another because of all of this, this heaviness that we are living through, being delivered up to be afflicted, people killing us, being hated of all nations. Then it's going to be easy for us to be offended. We're, we're going to be betraying one another. We don't have to. We can choose. But, but this is something for us. He's making us aware of, of what to be careful of. And you'll hate one another. Pressure, outside pressure, starts causing inner family turmoil. The outside pressure starts causing inner family turmoil. He's not saying you must do this. <laughs> he's, he's telling us, watch out, be careful. This is going to be the outcome if you are not very deliberate about this. And once all of this starts happening, this inner family turmoil where we're offended by each other, we're betraying each other, we're hating each other, then false prophets, when they rise up, will be able to be deceived because we're in such a bad state internally. And so when these false prophets rise up, we're, it, we're going to be easily deceived. And because of this iniquity, because of all this stuff going on right here, the love of many shall wax cold. You know, once, once you've been betrayed by someone, you've been offended by someone, you, you, you feel the hate of someone. It's easy for us to allow our, our love to become cold and we need to stay on our toes and be on guard that we don't be offended. Blessed are they who are not offended. Don't be betraying each other. Don't let hate get in your heart because when you do the inner, that's when we're easily deceived by false prophets. We're glad to hear another preacher rise up and start saying something that gets us out of our current congregation. <laughs> like, yes, get me out of here. I have felt that before. I've been in situations where I have felt like, yes, thank you. I, I want to get out of here. I want to get out of this family that God's placed me in. And I was, I would have been glad to follow a false prophet. I have experienced this. So I know what this is like, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So this is stuff to be aware of and don't get so focused on all the bad that you start being afraid. He only tells us about this stuff so we can be aware. We don't have to walk around afraid. First of all, in the process of all this nonsense that's going on, take heed that no man deceive you. That's your instruction. Here are your instructions in the midst of all of this stuff that he's telling you about. Wars and rumors of wars, pestilences, earthquakes. You'll be up, delivered up to be afflicted, killed, 
all this hay, all this stuff. Here's some things. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't be troubled. Endure through it. Take heed that no man deceive you. Be not troubled. Endure. Here's your instructions. Let, let the storm come. Let the storm blow. Fine. It's going to happen. You cannot stop the storm. It rains on the just and the unjust. But you've got, a, you've got some insight that's going to hold you in spite of this mess. Take heed that no man deceive you. Be not troubled. How can you be not troubled when all this is going on? Cast your cares on him for he cares of the for he cares for you. I read the back of the book, we win. <laughs> be not troubled. Be not troubled. Jesus came on the bow of the ship in the middle of the storm and he said, Where's your faith? Take a stand. Elijah and Elisha. Look at here. All these prophets. All these prophets. They were in the middle of storms that looked very much like this mess. But be not troubled because if, if, if they kill you, you win. And if you endure through it, you win. Either way, you win. And so be not troubled. If, if it is God's will for you to endure through it, you are going, you may go through a famine. You may go through a famine, but you also, if God's going to put you through a famine, you're also going to be the one who gets to see the oil be, uh, I'm, I'm looking for Elisha. You, you also, you get to be the one that sees the oil reproduced, reproduced, reproduced coming out of the same jar. If God's going to put you through the famine, you get to be the one that sees the meal reproduced, reproduced, reproduced. If God allows you to be put through a storm, you get to be the one to experience the miracle of peace. Be still. Be not troubled. Don't let yourself be afraid. Don't let anxiety overtake you. Be not troubled. Because if, 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 if you're the one who, who God sees can, can go through the pestilence and the earthquakes and the wars and the, if, be not troubled. Because that means you're going to be the prophet standing the prophetess standing and seeing the miracle. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Endure through it. Endure through it. Guess what? I get to see, because of the glories of social media, I get to see the richest people of the, in the world, the richest people in the world, the most powerful people in the world. Have you ever heard of the Kardashians? Have you ever heard of the House of Windsor? Have you ever heard of Harry and Meghan? Do you think their life is beautiful just because they have all that money and they're powerful? No, it is not. And therefore, if being even the richest and most powerful does not make you have a life of perfection and bliss, well, guess what? We can go through this because we've got the power of God. Be not troubled. Be not troubled. You got this. You got this. You are going to experience miracle after miracle if you are the person who has to go through this. Be not troubled. You can do this. So when? There are some signs. Jesus gives us the answer. They asked when? And he said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. So 
once the gospel of the kingdom has been preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. And so I got to say, I'm going to pause right here and go down to this verse right here. Let's go down to verse 32. Learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Okay. So we got the sense. Uh, the other day I posted a picture of these um, these little spider webs. They, it was so pretty. It looked like a bunch of uh, fairy hammocks or little fairy houses, little, little, they were just all these pretty little, little spider webs. They were like circular like this. And they were, one end was attached to one fern and they, they were literally smaller than my, than this page right here. They were, they were little tiny. And then they would be attached to one fern and, and another fern top. And they were all over the tops of the ground and a little bit in the edges of the trees. It was so pretty. And I took a picture of it. And when I posted the picture of it, somebody commented and said, um, we call this um, Indian summer. We call When we see this, we call this Indian summer. I've heard the phrase Indian summer, but I didn't know that that's a natural thing that happens in nature. That's, a, that's something that nature does. The spiders do it, or I don't know who's doing it. For all I know, worms are doing it. Because <laughs> I know worms make those little cocoons to, you know, caterpillars make those cocoons. To be, I didn't know if it was caterpillars or spiders or what it was. I just knew it was pretty. But somebody who knew the signs and the seasons knew that that's called Indian summer. So that's all this is right here. If you know nature, you know that when the branch is tender, when the branch of the fig tree is tender and starts putting forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. That person saw all those little pictures, those pictures that I posted of those little spider webs or whatever they were, and they said, this is Indian summer. Okay, cool. So you can read the signs. Likewise, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Well, so we're going to look right here. And one of the first signs that we're going to look at is when it's preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. Well, I would think that's where we are. I mean, my goodness, any old person from any old house, if they've got a phone like I'm doing right now, they're able to preach to any and every other person on social media from YouTube to if, if you don't have YouTube, you got Facebook. If you don't have Facebook, you got Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, you got WeChat, which is what I use to talk to my Chinese friends. If you don't have WeChat, you've got, um, uh, oh goodness. I've, I've got about five different apps that I use to talk to my friends in, in multiple countries. What is it that I use to talk to Thailand? Not WeChat. It's another green icon. I can't think of what it is. Anyway, my point is, is that we are certainly able to witness to all nations. So know the signs. This is one of the signs. We're able to preach to all nations. Okay. And here's something else. When therefore you see, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. What is the abomination of desolation? Well, he goes on to say, it's spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Okay, so now we've got two signs that we can look for. The, the gospel being preached to all nations. I, I feel like we're there right now. And we've got the book of Daniel. So let's go study Daniel. We're not today, but 
That's why the study of Daniel is important. And he said, whoso readeth, let him understand. So we, we should take some time to study Daniel and understand it. Because we can read the signs. We can read the signs if we have an insight as to what Daniel is saying. It's absolutely stupid that we would say, oh, I'm scared of Daniel. Oh, I, I don't, I'm scared of Daniel. That's nonsense. Read, learn how to read the signs of the seasons. Learn how to do it. It's smart. It's not, it's not scary. It's smart. That's like, that's like somebody hearing about people dying in car crashes and saying, oh, oh, oh I don't want to, I don't want to read about, about, you know, how to drive a car. Yeah, you know, you need to read about how to drive a car. You need to take some car classes so you know how to drive the car. Study Daniel so you're not caught off unawares. Study Daniel. And I'm preaching to myself when I say that because I've, I've read Daniel several times and I've tried to study it several times. I've sat through so many and I, I don't fully understand Daniel. I need to do it again. The Lord can give me a spirit of revelation. So I, f I always find this so funny. Instruction to flee. Like, look at this. Verses um, 16 through 20. He says, um, when, when, when you see these signs up here coming to pass, verse 16, flee into the mountains. If you're on the housetop, don't, don't go pack up your stuff. Just leave. If you're in the field working, don't, don't go back and pack your clothes. And then he says, this is super sad to me. Woe to them that are with child. Cause that's going to be difficult. I hate that. Pray your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. So I guess that's something we can pray about. If we can pray the Lord of the harvest, that he sends laborers into the harvest, we can pray that this not happen in the in winter or when we need to be resting. Give us a day, some time to rest and and don't let it be in the winter. But what the part that I find very interesting is, you know, there, th there may be times when we are stuck and required to die for the gospel's sake. But the idea that we can't run away and try to save our lives is just dumb. Jesus m m told us right here to flee. <laughs> All of these verses say, get out of, get out of Dodge, get out of there. And, and, uh, quite frankly, reading this makes me feel very compassionate toward, um, refugees, you know, people who are fleeing a, a difficult government makes me want to go get them and put them in my house right now when I see myself in this scenario. I get a very tender heart toward refugees. Um, yeah, but the idea that, that you can't leave. And then, of course, he gave the instruction. And we see that happening through the book of Acts. The gospel is, is spread by persecution. When we, re, when we read the book of Acts, we, we saw him fleeing. And, um, and then this is, this is, this is really cool. So he says, flee. Why? Because then shall be great tribulation. Such as was not seen in the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. So there's going to come a tribulation. Um, that's, that's going to be terrible. And except those days be shortened. There should be no, there should no flesh be saved. So this tells me a couple of things. Um, first of all, this pray that your flight be not in winter. 
praying about this is very important. We, we should be praying about this, about this situation. We should be praying about this situation because it, it, it's insinuating that, that our prayers can actually shorten the, the time of it. It, it. it should be prayer. But for the elect's sake, because of the elect, the days shall be shortened. What are the elect doing? Well, we know that this is very interesting. This word elect, it's, it's this Greek word electos, and we see it in Matthew twenty two fourteen. We just saw this a couple days ago. Here it is. Super, super cool. Many are called, few are chosen. If you saw the, the um, live stream the other day on the 22nd, we talk about this. This word chosen doesn't just mean picked out. It means the best of, the, of its kind. It means excellence. You make yourself the best of its kind or class. You make yourself excellent. And you, you, you do it on purpose. And so this is saying um, that people who are purposefully enduring to the end, making themselves the best of the best, that's the elect. And because people are enduring to the end, they are not being troubled. They are enduring. They are not turning on each other. They are not being deceived. This is the elect. And because of them, those days are going to be shortened. And of course, we know that that one of the ways you are excellent, one of the ways you are the best of your kind, one of the ways you are able to endure the kind of stuff we read up above here is because you're very prayerful. You're a very prayerful person. Um, so this is what it's going to look like when Christ comes back. As lightning cometh out of the east and strikes across the sky into the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. When Jesus comes back, this is what it's going to look like. Um, after the tribulation shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from the heaven. The powers of the heavens shall be shaken. I, I hate to tell the environmentalists this, but all of the stuff they are working very hard to preserve, um, it, it's going to end. And there's going to come a time when it's going to be gone. And I actually made a note here in verse 28 for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. So this word eagles can also be translated buzzards, but eagles works. Um, it's they, they, if there's a carcass, they're going to gather around it to eat it. And so something is, something is going to be dead. I don't really know what's going to be dead, but something's going to be dead. And People are going to be gathered around it because it's it's all they got it's all they got there, and I think this is going to be the tribulation. After the tribulation, stuff's going to be dead. Stuff in the sky that we're used to is going to fall apart, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. So that lightning is going to cross the sky <laughs> for as lightning. That's how the Son of Man's going to come. Not, it's, it doesn't necessarily say it's lightning. It says as lightning comes. 
That's how it's going to be when the Son of Man appears. He's going to come out of heaven. And, and when that happens, the tribes of the earth shall mourn. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. He shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. So that the angels are coming. They're going to sound a trumpet. And that trumpet is going to gather together his elect. His elect. It's going to gather together his elect. Those people who have made themselves the best of the best. They've endured to the end. They've stayed faithful. They're going to come from one end to the other. <clears throat> this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Again, I'm so sorry for the environmentalists who are working so hard, uh, but it, it's all going to go. Sorry. I want to come back to this generation here. Um, matter of fact, I'm just going to do it now because I'm, I want to point out this generation because there have been a lot of people in the study of the end time um, that they've tried to say what this means. There, I know this is shocking, but there are people who teach that um, this has already happened, that Jesus has already come back and we are living after this time. It's, it's, it's a wild doctrine, but it, it, there are people who believe that. There are people who believe that because this, this generation shall not pass comes immediately following um, the parable of the fig tree. They believe that the fig tree is the nation of Israel and, um, and, and like because the nation of Israel was established in, I can't remember, 1940 something, that this generation is referring to those people who were alive when Israel came to be. So there are a lot of people who try to read into this. And so, again, just like I told you, I, I don't fully understand Daniel. I have read it and studied it two or three, well, I'm going to say one or two times myself. And then I have been, um, I have heard others teach it, oh my goodness, six, eight, ten times through my life. So, you know, here and there through my childhood, here and there through my teen years, here and there through my adult years. And I've never fully understood it. In that same way, I don't fully understand what this generation shall not pass means either. Um, I feel like I have more of a hold on it today because I went and, and looked up the actual definition of this Greek word that we use in English, generation. The Greek word is genea. And what we typically mean when we say this generation, like in my generation, we did this. We typically mean um, an age, a space of 30 to 33 years. That's what we mean when we say, well, my generation does it this way. Like we, you know, we sometimes say generation X, the, the boomers. We've got these names that we will title um, a generation. And we, we typically, when we say generation, we mean the whole multitude of men living at the same time. That's typically what we mean, which is why there are people who define this generation shall not pass as meaning like 
um, those people who were alive when the, when the modern current nation of Israel became a nation, which is the 1940s. And so since we're looking for signs, and I think it's smart to look for signs because Jesus told us to look for signs. Since we're looking for signs, that's something that they point to. And then other people, because that, because it means um, a whole multitude of men living at the same time, they believe Jesus was referring to those humans that he was talking to right here. Those disciples, this generation shall not pass. And so those are the people who have a doctrine that believe that Jesus has already uh, come and that we are living in, I don't know why they believe this, because they believe we are living in the, the years of peace that Revelation talks about. It does not make sense to me. It's My pastor does not believe that, so I'm going to have boldness and say that's absolute nonsense. <laughs> but... Here's let's let's look at the re, what the rest of the of the of the word actually means. Fathered birth nativity, that which has been begotten, men of the same stock. So when we're talking about men of the same stock, that which was has been begotten, we could also be talking about those of us who have been born again. We are of the same stock. So those of us who, who fall under the umbrella of being Christians, Jesus followers, we are the same family, successive members of a genealogy, successive members of a genealogy. So that would mean those of us who are still following the successive members of being born again as Christ's disciples. A group of men very like each other in endowment, pursuits, and character. So those of us who are very like each other in how we pursue things and in our character, this generation shall not pass to all these be fulfilled. So to me, that just, that just says we... These things are... We are going to keep coming one generation after another... Those of us who follow Christ, follow the disciples, and and they're going to keep coming until until God comes and takes us away. And when God takes us away, heaven and earth shall pass away. So there's my belief on it. I, I will also say I've not had a chance to talk to pastor about it, but that's my belief on it. Um, and this is some more signs to be aware of, some more things to watch out for, Um. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven. Even the angels don't know when this is going to happen. We call it the rapture. Just so you know, the word rapture is not in the Bible. But the word rapture means catching away. And, and, and uh, catching away is constantly that English phrase, catching away, is in scripture. And so that's why we use the word rapture. Um, but anyway, the angels don't even know when this day is going to be, but my father only. And so when Jesus uses a phrase, my father only, he's meaning even his earthly brain does not, has not, does not have this information. Now, as the all-powerful God wrapped in the flesh, he could access that information, but 
he knows it's best not to. (laughs) So of that day and hour knoweth no man. This is important because he goes on to say, I'm going to come back to this in just a second. Because no man knows, watch therefore, verse 42, for ye know not the hour your Lord doth come. So, so because no man knows, keep a watch. Now, here's what watch means. Let's, let's look on at this and look at the watch. If the good men of the house had known in what watch, in what watch the thief would have come, what watch. So what that means is the, the hours of the night are, were, are broken up into um, first watch, second watch, third watch, and military, it's almost like knowing military time. You knew what watch, what hours of watch you had, okay? If the good men of the house had known in what watch, in other words, which time of the day or night that people were on guard, the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house be broken up. And, and so he's saying in, in such an hour, as ye think not, the son of man cometh in the same way that if you're going to protect your house and you don't know when the thief is going to come, all you know is you've heard he's coming. So you, your job is to watch every hour, every hour. And in that same way, be ready because you don't know in what hour the son of man is coming. And then we get a reference. This, this, these verses 45 through 48 is very much akin to Matthew 21, 33 through 40, where uh, the servant, I mean, the man who owned the land had people tending his vineyard. And um, anyway, this is the same type of scenario. Um, but because you don't know when he's coming, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he come, shall find so doing. Blessed is that servant. Happy is that servant that's always on watch. When you're, you might think and imagine that always being on watch means always being, having peaked anxiety, but that's not true. If you've been following my live streams, you know that the word blessed means happy. Blessed, happy is the servant that's always on watch. Why? Why are you happy? Because because you have nothing to worry about. (laughs) You are fully aware of what's going on. You have nothing to worry about if you're always on watch. But the day you let your guard down is the day you've got a lot of anxiety to have to come. You have a lot of reason to be anxious the day you stop watching and so you're going to lose this, this happiness, this blessed feeling, this feeling of everything's okay. The day you stop watching is the day you better be worried because sin is only pleasurable for a season. And as soon as you realize you've let your guard down, panic is going to set in. So be ever diligent. Because it's the person watching that has nothing to worry about. Okay, so 
Be always on your guard. <sighs> that servant who says, eh, you know, he's not coming. I got time to party. You know what you're going to end up doing? You're going to end up smiting your fellow servants. You know what that looks like? Let's go back a few verses over here. Iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. You're going to be offended. You're going to betray one another. You're going to hate one another. That's in verse 10. The evil servant shall say in his heart, in verse 48, my Lord delays his coming, shall begin to smite his fellow servants. <sighs> okay. And what else is going to happen? Well, you're going to begin to eat and drink with the drunken. You're not just eating and drinking to sustain yourself. You're doing it with the drunken. Why, why do you get drunk? Because you are full of anxiety. Why do people get drunk? Because they, they have no peace. They, are, they do not feel this, this level of, of blessed. And so they get intoxicated. And this, of course, is exactly what was happening in the days of Noah. But as the days of Noah, so shall it be the son of man comes. Eating, drinking, marrying, giving a marriage. Yeah, going to go ahead and, and intoxicate yourself because you've not been watching and you live in a, in a, in a time, in a anxiety and panic. So that's what it's going to be like. And I feel like that's what we're experiencing right now. But those that, that are smiting their fellow servants, just like over here, betraying one another, hating one another, smiting your fellow servants, Getting drunk because you're so overcome with the with all the stuff going on. Shall cut him asunder, appoint him as portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, with the hypocrites. We just came out yesterday. We just had a whole chapter of blind guys, hypocrites, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Yeah. That's what it's like. All right. This is very serious and we're going to. Continue on in this serious vein because we're going to move into the crucifixion. Oh, so I'm going to end with reminding us our job. Take heed that no man deceive you. Be not troubled. Endure. Stay doing what you know to do. Make yourself the best of the best. Choose excellence. In spite of what's going on, it rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on the Kardashians and the House of Windsor and the people who are plumbers and the people who can barely make their mortgage and the people who are in welfare. It rains on the just and the unjust. So wherever you fall, whether you're the richest of the richest or the poorest of the poorest, take heed that no man deceive you, be not troubled, endure. I got this. You got this. We can do it. God bless. Thanks you for joining me today.